everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. I am in the podcast studio with one of our Watermark Institute students, Catherine Cotton. Hi. Catherine, I am so glad you're here. You and I both serve on the equipping team, which is so fun. And I would love for you to share just a little bit about your story, how you came to know the Lord. Fast forward, where are you today? Yeah, I'm super glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Emma. Oh, you're so welcome. So a little bit about my story. I grew up in a Christian home. My dad was a pastor, so I was a pastor's kid. I knew who Jesus was at a really young age. And after a vacation Bible school week, I came home and asked my mom about Jesus and accepted him into my heart. And um, I definitely knew who Jesus was, and I, I believe that I was saved at a young age, but didn't really start to walk in my faith until college and after college. In college, I went through a season of doubt, really began to question if my faith was my own, but through um, some a loss of two family friends, it really—I came to a place where I had to choose if I was going to trust who God was. And I saw his faithfulness throughout my whole life, but I had to make a choice for myself. And Mm. so that was really when I think um, my faith became really personal to me. And then after college, I struggled a lot with anxiety and fear and really came to the end of myself because throughout my high school years, I was tried to be perfect, tried to do it all on my own. And I realized after college with anxiety and fear, I was incapable of fixing myself and fixing my anxiety. And after a conversation with my mom one night, um, she told me, you can't fix yourself. You can't be good enough. You can't be perfect. And um, you have to surrender that and ask Jesus to help you. And so I distinctly remember just praying that night and opening up my hands and saying, God, I just can't do it. I need you to do it. And after that, I think that was the first time I truly understood the gospel is that Jesus came and rescued me and I did nothing to deserve it. And it's a free gift. And his death on the cross paid for my sins. And all I have to do is receive his love and his grace and the payment he paid for me on the cross. And because of that, I am saved and loved and I can be in relationship with him. So that's kind of, uh, that's been my story. How old were you then? That was uh, right after college. So I was like 22, 23. Okay. And you fast forward to today. What's God doing in your life? So yeah, God has been so faithful and I've just seen him slowly grow me every single year um, in different areas. But today I am in the Institute, the Watermark Institute, and have just been able to grow in so many ways of learning more of who God is through reading throughout the through the whole Bible and then also learning different doctrines and theologies and, and then being on a team, the equipping team at Watermark, I'm getting to learn how to equip the body and the church in how to read scripture through women's Bible study and um, how to disciple women, which has been really amazing. That's awesome, Catherine. Speaking of the Institute, the applications are only open for a little while longer. You want to tell those listening, who is the Institute for? Yeah, so the Institute is for Anyone who is interested in vocational ministry or wants to learn and be equipped to go out into the world into any vocation, it's an amazing program that trains college age, graduated to 
on— I mean, there are dads in my class, so I think a wide range of ages, yeah. We'll link it in the description. But um, let's jump into Genesis 24. So you read Genesis 24. What do you have for us? Yeah, so I loved reading through Genesis 24. It's definitely an amazing passage of God's faithfulness to Abraham and to Isaac. And as I read through it, I think there's there's so much you could take from it and so much that you could see of what God is doing in the Old Testament and through Abraham. Um, But when I read it, the first thing that jumped out to me was verse 7 through 9. So Abraham is asking his servant to go find a wife for his son Isaac. And so the servant is questioning if, like, what's going to happen or what if the woman he goes to find is not going to come back with him. And Abraham's response is, The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and who spoke to me and swore to me, to your offspring I will give this land. He will send his angel before you, and you shall take a wife for my son from there. But if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be free from this oath of mine. Only you must not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master and swore him concerning this matter. And when I read that, what stood out to me was just the example of Abraham's faith and that he trusted God. And so the things I noticed were, number one is he declares who God is. So he, before he um, begins to worry or doubt or wonder about what's going to happen, he declares who God is and he is the Lord and the God of heaven. So he's in control of all things. He's powerful. He's sovereign. Then he remembers what God has done. And so he lists it out. He says that God took him from his father's house and his kindred. And then God spoke to him and swore to him that his, to his offspring he would give um, the promised land. And then he also, we also see at the beginning of this chapter that God had blessed Abraham. And then, and in the chapters before this, that he'd already given him um, Isaac at a really old age. Hmm. And then third, we see Abraham walking by faith in obedience to God. So he takes action to find a wife for Isaac, um, but wants him to find a wife through his kindred and his family and not through Canaanites, which would lead him astray in his um, worship of God. And then he also is obedient to God in that he doesn't allow Isaac to go back to his homeland because it could tempt him to stay there. But he is trusting God and following where God's leading him, which is in Canaan. I just thought that was an amazing thing to see because we see in chapters before where Abraham's doubting if God's going to be faithful and if he's going to give him a son. And then we come to this passage and we've seen Abraham through the experiences and faithfulness of God that he um, he's trusting that God will do what he promises he will do. Yeah. That's good, Catherine. What do you think this looks like in your own life? Like, how do we take the principles from this passage and transfer them to modern day times where we're not in Abraham's uh, literal biological family traveling to a new home? You know, what does this look like for you? Yeah, that's a great question. It's shown up a lot in my life. I think it's something we have to think about every single day um, is how do we trust God and have faith in who he is and what he promises us. Something I've been thinking about a lot lately is a, it's a Tim Keller quote, and it says, 
It's not the strength of your faith, but the object of your faith that actually saves you. And Abraham was not trusting in his own faith or his own strength, but he was trusting in the object, which was God. I've seen in my own life, I have my own business. Mm -hmm. I'm an artist. One of the main things I do is paint memories for people. So I'll paint their homes or their families or their weddings or love stories. And the reason I started that was to help people remember God's faithfulness. So Mm -hmm. when I look at art that I've painted from moments in my life, I will instantly be brought back to that moment. I'll remember the feelings I felt in that moment, and it'll help me remember God's faithfulness. And so Abraham in this moment, he declares who God is, and he remembers what he's done. And that's what helps me keep going and trust him for tomorrow. I love it. We're about out of time. So, Catherine, before we wrap up, any final final thoughts? Yeah, I think the the one thing I would want to say that really also stood out to me and was really cool to think about was verse 60. Um, and it's when Rebecca is about to go back to the land where Abraham is and meet Isaac, and they bless her, and they say, Our sister may become thousands of ten thousands, and may your offspring possess the gate of those who hate him. And in chapter 22, a similar thing is said. And it is just really cool because when you read the footnotes, it talks about how Jesus is that offspring and that he will be the one who will defeat our enemies. And so it just points to the fact that God is faithful and that he's going to fulfill his promise of bringing an offspring through the line of Abraham and who's going to rescue us, which is Jesus. I love it. So good, Catherine. Thank you for being here. Um, Just as a reminder, friends listening, we are still doing the contest to win two spiral journals and a Join the Journey t-shirt if you leave a review. So please leave a review. Thank you for doing that. It really helps other people find these episodes and for some, dive into studying God's Word for the first time, which is really cool. Um, So again, Catherine, thank you for being here. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.